Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Barbarella and The Sorceress. There's less clothes on all the women in both movies than on a beach. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Did you guys leave? No. Oh, okay. It got really quiet. Didn't know what was going on. I'm just leaning away from the microphone in case I sneeze again. <laughs> Stop sneezing. Yeah, that would be the way to handle it, I think. Control your body, Noah. This is where we're at now. Yelling at Noah for things he doesn't have control over? I figured you'd be on board for that. Oh, we can yell at him for some stuff he has control over, too, if we wanted. He's not going to say anything now. Gone forever. Now I'm over here sad. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Accomplished, sorry. Did you do anything fun this week? I did not. No. Well, I take that back. We went. I, I started a little dinner group in Springfield. Then we went out to this uh, boring Latin cuisine place that was pretty good. Yeah, what's it called? It's called Latin Roots. Oh, that sounds like homework. No, it was it was pretty delightful. That sounds like. Hey, did you ever see Roots? No. What about Latin Roots? <laughs> definitely no. <laughs> Hey, Holmes, my name's not Toby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good times. So did you do anything racist this week, Doug? That I recall. I did try to convince someone to become racist. Yeah? I was in a bar and I was talking to this girl and she was complaining that somebody wouldn't leave her alone. I said, well, I told her to start being meaner and people will leave her alone. And she said she doesn't know how to be mean. So I just said, start sprinkling casual racism into your conversation. It'll make people go away. <laughs> and then I kept flagging her down and asking her if she'd been practicing her racism. And she stopped thinking it was funny after a while, but I never did. <laughs> uh, that's a way to win, win a woman's heart, Doug. <laughs> Tell her she should be racist. I was trying to give her good life advice. She wanted people to leave her alone. It would have worked if she'd followed what I said. Yeah, if you would have said something racist, I'd stop asking you. <laughs> oh, well. she, she tries it out. You're like, you racist bitch. And then you just walk away. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, see, that'd be glorious. Yeah. It presumes I would have been clever enough to come up with that on the spot, though. Yeah. Plus, uh, I'm assuming you had been drinking at that point, so. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was the whole thing where it was a Tuesday, and I'm not 
used to going out on Tuesdays, so I forgot that you're not supposed to drink as much on a Tuesday as you do on the weekends. Oh. It's a real problem. I bet, uh, I bet Wednesday at work was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really problematic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'm like, oh, shit. I actually got to go in and do stuff. You just got to balance out that drinking with some stimulants. <laughs> and then someone asks, like, what, what have you been up to? And he just yells racist stuff at him and they just walk away. <laughs> See, told you. Works. <laughs> totally works. He's like, oh, oh, it was supposed to be casual racism. That was overt racism. <laughs> Job's in jeopardy now. Great, now I'm homeless because I told a lady to be racist. God damn it. Uh, I don't know. Is there is there anything racist in the movies this week? Is there a way to segue from racism into uh, Barbarella somehow? Well, well, actually, there there is a little bit of racism with Sorceress. <laughs> and and that is... So you guys uh, may have noticed that this movie seems to have a, a terrible dub, even though it appears that everyone is speaking English. Yeah, I picked up on that. Yeah, that is because most of the actors had a uh, Hispanic accent. And uh, Roger Corman decided he didn't like actors having a Hispanic accent Actually. and had the entire movie redubbed by white people. Well, that's a Only fun fact. white people in my movie. <laughs> well, now, uh, since I know you love it so much, why don't you tell us about Sorceress? All right. So Sorceress is, is a story about two uh, gender-confused ladies whose... <laughs> Who are actually the child of a evil sorcerer, but there's a good sorcerer, and he saves them and gives them his fighting skills, his magic fighting skills, because they don't actually do magic. Uh, oh, he he just makes he just gives them fighting skills. He he says yeah. that pretty explicitly. Yeah. It's yeah, so he gives he gives them his magical fighting skills and drops him off with a dude, but tells him that they're going to be looking for girl children. So don't tell the children that they're girls. Leading, that, leading. That was the weird part. That was that was definitely the weirdest thing about this movie, and that's saying something, <laughs> right? So the movie starts off with uh, a creepy satyr dancing up and a weird dick joke about because the two girls have never seen a dick before. Because once again, their parents have been lying to them about how gender works their entire life to protect them. Because because that makes sense. Uh, Another true story, that Seder character was supposed to be played by Sid Haig. Uh, and Roger Corman refused to pay Sid Haig's salary. So they got this random guy who ended up in a weird face that can't move, making goat noises the entire movie. Uh, they team up. They team up with a the, the most confusing cast of characters ever. So there's a Viking and a sword and sandals pretty boy Conan guy who's supposed to be a barbarian, but he looks more like a lingerie model for men. Uh, the satyr. Uh, they go to an Arabian bazaar in which at the Arabian bazaar, they go into a building where there's a Greek orgy happening because settings. 
<laughs> I don't know if there's an orgy going on necessarily because there's little dividers between the couples having sex. So I'm not sure if that qualifies as an orgy. All right, I'll accept that. Uh, so we did nitpick your plot description. <laughs> various random things happen. Uh, girl gets kidnapped by not flying monkeys because this isn't the Wizard of Oz, but monkey men. <laughs> You throw, uh, like, smoke bombs from the trees or some weird shit. Yeah, like laughing gas bombs? Yeah, it's wild. Uh, so they take them, and then a uh, barbarian dude, who apparently is also the son of a king, because that happens, uh, and whose ass we see far too often in this movie. <laughs> like, I'm okay with dude ass being in a movie, but dude, shave your dude ass. This weird hairy dude <laughs> It's like all over the fucking place. Well, it's because of that 11 minute scene where they're threatening to shove a stick up it. Exactly. Which, which is delightful. Uh, so, so they get brainwashed and basically made to have sex several times in order to make her a better sacrifice, I guess, because he's, he's got that King semen and they want that King semen in there. Uh, then there's some zombies and shit. That's pretty cool. And then they speak a magical name and summon a space manticore lion dude to fight a uh, fugly, busted-ass face god of death by shooting lasers from their eyes. And then the movie ends. Sure does. It's just sort of like, okay, that's over, and then credits. Uh, the original cut of this movie was well over two hours long. <laughs> I stand by the decision to cut it down. <laughs> well, there's this 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 movie's actually got like some pretty cool stories. So the the director whose name escapes me right now, uh, he took the job on two conditions. That number one, Roger Corman told him that they were going to do all these great, amazing special effects for the movie, which clearly they didn't live up to, and that they were going to hire Sid Haig to play that satyr character who was a friend of his and they didn't do that either because it's Roger Carmen and Roger Carmen was like no money fuck you well what should we do for the space god Roger Carmen hand puppet lion hand puppet <laughs> I think I, I gotta push back a little bit with you on the effects some of the effects are not good but like the, when all those zombie things are coming to life those are pretty effective special effects for the time. No, they are. And I don't even think the uh, Space God Lion looks all that bad. Yeah, yeah, I actually think the decision to put a Space God Lion in is where the problem is, more so than the effects. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, decisions were made. Because for people who haven't seen the movie, it's, it's not just a, a giant lion in the sky. It's a giant lion with bat wings that shoots lasers out of its eyes. Which is fucking weird. Right. And, and ultimately kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I would argue the movies, it's pretty funny. It doesn't take itself real seriously. Uh, I, I honestly think the decision to dub over the actors' voices is probably the worst decision they made because I don't know, the acting doesn't seem terrible until they start talking, but it's not them talking. So, yeah. Who the fuck do you blame for that? <laughs> like, The only thing I would say that was positive about the way they dubbed it is it made it feel like one of those weird Italian movies that you tend to be very forgiving of because you expect them to be weird and make no sense. True. So I was like, okay, maybe it's one of those types of movies. I'll, I'll let it go. 
there's also a decent amount of boobs. So, yeah. so yeah. that's always good. It's it's approaching an excessive amount of boobs. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> I was going to say, really, with how bad this movie is, I think they can put some more boobs in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. When would they put more boobs in it? There would just have to be random naked characters in the background of shots. That doesn't sound like a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) This is Roger Corman. It's not like they're going highbrow. No, they're certainly, they go nowhere near highbrow. But basically, so this, this is one of those movies that is considered to be one of the worst movies ever made, which I think that's a stretch. I agree. And it's I I just think it's it's a bad movie, but it's delightful. Like <laughs> it's a very entertaining movie, and especially if you can just like lean into the fact that it's all campy and ridiculous, that well, it's fun. It's it's intentionally campy, which is like different from being accidentally campy. And it has a it does have that weird sort of eighties innocence to it, even though there's tons of nudity and there's. A very very long scene where a guy is on a slippery pole and there's a spike that's going to go up his ass if he can't hang on long enough. I mean, there's um, also an excessively long scene of a twin having an orgasm because her sister's having sex. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. Most important part of the the fucking movie that it ends with a threesome joke. Mm-hmm. That apparently they'd been setting up the entire movie, like they've been setting up one threesome joke the entire time. Yeah, what's weird about that? Because uh, incest is awesome in the medieval times, so. Yeah, but they're twins. You get, you get a pass. <laughs> Do you? Anyways, it's not even technically a threesome, though, because the two are one, which is something they say over and yeah. over and over again throughout the movie, even though it has no impact from what I can tell, except for that orgasm scene that Noah was describing. Which, I'll tell you, the best part of the orgasm scene is the Viking guy's face, where he's slowly figuring out what's happening, and he's like, oh, oh, and then he's finally like, god damn it, and whatever the barbarian guy's name is, I can't remember what his name is, he's like, ah, you randy dog, or something, and and then he starts walking away, and she stops, and he's like, oh, thank god it's over, and she goes, oh, again, ah, and he's like, yeah, it's definitely him. <laughs> <laughs> that was super weird, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like he's way too familiar with this dude's fucking skills. Exactly. There's a lot of like just complete WTF moments like that throughout the movie. I remember like during one of the rape scenes, I was thinking, I wish there'd been a line of dialogue to explain why those guys are in bird outfits, because that would make this rape scene make more sense. <laughs> and I just, I still don't know why they all wore bird outfits. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Tonally, that's that's an issue. This movie uh, did not need to start with a rape scene. <laughs> like that did not oh. need to be the literally the first thing that happened in the movie. It's there's way too much raping in this movie that is not even plot necessary, and it's not handled respectfully. And it's a Roger Corman movie from '82, so yeah, yeah so that just... really wasn't a concern. It just it just is what it is. If you're going to watch movies from this era, you're going to get this. I agree that it was not appropriate, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So if there's anyone that listens to our show that actually needs trigger warnings, you probably shouldn't listen to our show, but trigger warning. <laughs> no, and it, it is 
it is a legitimately problematic thing, but it is just a product of its era, right? Nothing you can do about that now. Right. I'm sure when they get around to remaking this, they'll edit that out. Oh, man, they should remake this fucking movie. No, they shouldn't. It'll be even worse. That line would be CGI. It'd be CGI, and there would be no nudity. So it would just be weird. <laughs> Jesus. What would be left? <laughs> What's even the point? There's just there's so much dumbness in this movie where it's like when those girls are like like they take their shirts off and their giant breasts are hanging out and they're just standing there and they're like, Oh look, yeah, our bodies are different from your bodies like they've never noticed before. <laughs> like what the hell is going on? What's that between his legs? It's a horn. Oh, it's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> What about when the monkeys were, like, attacking them, and then they shoot that one monkey in the ass with a bow and arrow, and they all just stop and giggle at the ridiculousness of the situation the same way the audience does? Speaking of which, can we talk about the fact, so the monkey man costumes are fucking terrible, right? So they're, they're like, straight-up gorilla costumes from a costume store, but no, I'm the sure one... That- the one who gets a lot of screen time, his face is like animatronic kind of, and it's got a, a crazy range of motion. Like they put all this effort into this one's face, and then they were like, put him in a fursuit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that one face was like all of the budget for those costumes, and the rest of them were just like the neighboring high school was doing a production of Planet of the Apes, and they borrowed the suits and just stuck them on their hackers. I want to see that production of Planet of the Apes. Motherfucking space lion, guys. <laughs> So I'm assuming you're I mean, a big fan of this one, Noah. Oh, yeah. This is like – this is exactly the type of trash that I like to put on whenever I'm, like, doing something else and just enjoy the ride. What about you, Doug? Um, yeah, I mean, this is objectively a bad movie, but I can't say it wasn't fun to watch. Like, I, I had a really good time watching the movie even though it's not good. Is that is that a good analysis of this movie? No, that's pretty much where I'm at too. It's not a good movie, but I mean, if I was sitting with a bunch of people watching it, it would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't need to be a good movie to be a good movie. <laughs> well, and I feel like it knows exactly what it is, right? Like it's not pretending to be something else, and that's important. Because when movies pretend to be good when they're not, you see right through that. Uh, do we have any idea what Corman was trying to rip off? For a while, I thought it was a Lord of the Rings ripoff because the way they were like going on their mission and then they like were gathering the team together. Really, I, I would say it's a like a Clash of the Titans ripoff is what they were going for. That's sword, sword and sandly kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. I just I think the the Viking guy reminded me a lot of one of the dwarves from uh, Tolkien's worlds, but. Maybe like a Red Sonia. <laughs> you think they were ripping off Red Sonia? <laughs> uh, it says the name of the film was decided on when Roger Corman took a list of potential titles to a local high school and polled the students on which they preferred. That makes sense. Yeah, and I do believe they they didn't pull them on uh, movie titles. They asked them what they would like the school mascot to be named. 
Well, okay, so there's an interesting question. Why is this movie called Sorceress? Is there, is there a Sorceress in it? There is not. <laughs> there are two Sorcerers. I, I never thought of it until with now. Magical, uh, magical punchy kicky abilities. Yeah, I don't think there's a single Sorceress in this movie called Sorceress. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good for Roger Corman. I think maybe Roger Corman just saw the future of there being 25 movies named Sorceress and really just wanted to get in there before everyone else got there. So I did not realize it until just now, but Jim Ornarski wrote this. Yes, he did. And he wrote it in a single week, apparently. That sounds about right. (laughs) No, that sounds sounds right. This is not. That was an appropriate amount of time to spend on this. And then, uh, not a surprise, but the Harris twins were Playboy Playmates. Oh. And apparently at some point they were acquitted for tax evasion. So this this giant payday, they didn't pay their taxes on it. Somebody saw the movie and was like, yeah, they can't have paid them much for this. No point in hunting that, down, that money down. <laughs> and then directed by Jack Hill, which I did not, uh, I did not pay attention to. You did not pay attention to the opening credits at all. Well, he's not listed as Jack Hill in the opening credits because it was so bad he asked his name to be taken off. <laughs> Jim Wynorski's name is in the opening credits, so don't worry. <laughs> Good old Jim Wynorski, who has once again unfriended me on Facebook. It's your political talk. You can't handle it. Yeah, it's my memes making fun of Trump. He doesn't like him. Uh, all right, anything else? Oh, sorceress. I, I thought it was super weird that they had like the giant with the giant like uh, lion with bat wings and everything, but then it was just fighting a head. <laughs> Why didn't the other thing have a body that it was fighting? Well, that's because that's the busted face god of death. Is that was that its official title? I didn't stick around for the end credits. <laughs> yeah, he says its name a bunch, but all you yeah. can ever remember is that for some reason the god of death's got a busted ass face. It was super weird that like. The whole movie was about these people, and then the final fight is just these space gods that showed up with three minutes left to go in the movie. <laughs> yeah, apparently the space lion was Corman's idea. Apparently he did not care about the giant head. It had to fight, so they just moved yeah, the giant. Like, Whatever. It was two giant heads, and he's like, nah, turn one of those into a lion. All right. <laughs> Alright, well, after Boobs in the Past, we decided we need Boobs in the Future. So, Doug, why don't you tell us about Barbarella? Boobs throughout history. (laughs) I don't know if I know the plot to Barbarella. (laughs) You're going to find my review of this is that it had a lot of trouble holding my attention. Listen, Jane Fonda fucks her way across space to find a missing dude. (laughs) Yeah. But is there more to it than that? No! Missing... no. <laughs> it's like there's weird lines of dialogue about how the missing dude is in- inventing a weapon. And that's why they gotta find him. But they say there's no other weapons, but then throughout the movie they constantly run into people who have weapons. Well, no, that's because they're out past uh, Earth. Only on Earth is there no weapons. Oh, These right. people are barbarians out on the edge of space. Yeah. 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 The movie is very, uh, I would say, sort of episodic, 
where it's like she'll run into somebody and then they'll have sex and then <laughs> she she runs into somebody she helps them do something and then they demand she have sex with them as repayment pretty much she never seems to object though she also she also defeats an evil scientist because he puts her in an orgasm machine and attempts to orgasm her to death. But she's such a uh, sexy beast that she, basically she fucks the orgasm machine to death and destroys it. <laughs> well, see, it's like the crescendo effect. You build up to that moment. That's why she's practicing her fucking this whole time. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, now we I, see what the, her real power is. The the opening credits are uh, zero G striptease, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which I don't I don't know about you guys, but I was a little confused about how that spacesuit would work. Because <laughs> like, apparently you could just detach like the legs and stuff from it. Yeah, I'm not sure that that spacesuit would provide the vacuum necessary to seal one into it. But you know, zippers can fix anything. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely zippers are <laughs> how spacesuits work. One of my favorite things about this movie is the soundtrack, because it has that perfect fucking late 60s James Bondy kind of soundtrack to it for yeah. some fucking reason. The fact that like it has its own opening song about Barbarella, and you're like, what? Who wrote a song about this? Oh, right. And then as it's all going on, you're like, right, everybody was on acid. Okay. <laughs> now it makes a little more sense. Uh, it's rumored that the estimated budget for this was $9 million. 1968 money. So how would that... Do you know the um, budget of other movies from that year? Just trying to think of how that compares. Well, here's Logan's Run, which was like eight years later. Let's see what uh, if they had lists that budget. Uh, estimated budget nine million dollars. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, that's just the standard estimate for movies of this type back in the day. I always find the the weird thing is in my head, Jane Fonda is always this you know old lady in all these things. And every time I rewatch Barbarella, I'm like, oh, yeah, she was super smoking hot. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> I do think of her as like being more of a, like a classy actress. And I think that's because I know the old lady version of her that plays like the grandmother in every movie. Mm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, not really, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she did Barbarella. I don't I don't know this. This movie, I mean, it knows exactly what it is and it doesn't. It doesn't deny that, and it does it in a way that is entertaining in an unjustifiable way. <laughs> because if you just said, you know, you the only reason why people like this is because there's a bunch of nakedness in it, I, that's just not fucking true. Because all the stuff between the nudity, which is not a lot, maybe half, half the film is nudity. But the other half is entertaining because it's just funny and dumb and I don't know it's got that whole uh, Flash Gordon-esque like weird space bullshit that they used to do where they're like oh this is what space is like and you're like are you sure? (laughs) I don't think space is like that Yeah, honestly I, I didn't find it to be entertaining 
on the level that you're describing. I found it to be, it almost felt like a Saturday Night Live skit that they just like, it shouldn't have been this long. Like if it had been 10 minutes, probably would have enjoyed it. But it's kind of like, what's the joke? They're like, like, like it, what is the joke of the movie? What's what's funny about it? I don't get it. Is I don't, that a weird thing? I don't know. All all the all the things are funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Every joke lands with me. I don't get it. Like even the beginning where the the president keeps like giving her shit. And she's just standing there naked with this giant bundled armful of like fucking super space trinkets for no fucking reason. I did enjoy the part where she like offers to go get dressed and he's like, no, 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 this will just be a minute. No need to get dressed. <laughs> I didn't realize this was based on a book. Also, Cardinal Royal. Yeah. This doesn't seem like it's a book. And it has spun off a shit ton of comic book series. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Comic book artists like to draw boobs. I don't know. I don't know if I have a whole lot to say. It's just very much a... Uh, you saying they were on acid is uh, a very good description for this. <laughs> but see, like the other movie, I feel like they laid into the camp a lot harder. And it was just like, okay, so... We're, we're going full bore with that. With this movie, I felt like it was maybe taking itself just a little bit too seriously. And what, what on earth gives you the, the implication that this movie ever takes well, itself? Seriously? And it, maybe it's just the fact that I didn't find anything funny makes me think that maybe maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe I'm saying that they were trying to be serious, but in reality, they were failing at being funny. I'm just saying, she spends half the time hanging out with a blind space angel. Yeah. Angels do not make love. Angels are love. See, yeah, like, I think we're, we're nailing the difference here, because you're laughing at that line, and I'm groaning at it. And that's just the difference between our reactions to the movie. I, I just don't get how you can't find it funny. Her fucking, her fucking the orgasm machine to death is one of the funniest fucking things ever put in a movie. I don't know if it was like one of the funniest things ever put in a movie, but I did find it thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> right. I find the the weirdest thing is of of all these sleazy movies that I've watched with a woman in the room. <laughs> this this seems to be the one that they all find the least objectionable for some reason. Uh, not objectionable, just the least objectionable. <laughs> Yeah, what'd the woman think of it? <laughs> she thought it was all right. She liked she liked it better than Sorceress. Yeah, I could see that. No, Doug didn't. But she did do the thing of, oh, and now she's just going to have sex with this guy. And it's like, yeah. And now they're going to have hand touch sex. <laughs> like the humans do. Anybody else stop and think about the fact that Demolition Man was ripping this movie off and no one knew until just now. Or at least I didn't. Remember Demolition Man when they weren't going to have yeah. real sex? It seems like they were thinking back to this movie when they wrote that script. Stallone's like, we need that Barbarella scene. <laughs> Damn it, now I want to watch Demolition Man again. That should be on the list. I can't believe it's not on the list. I'm disappointed in us. We'll have to rectify that. All right. 
Anything else, Barbarella? Uh, boobs and camp. The end. Yeah. If you like, if you like those things, you will like Barbarella. I disagree because I liked those things in the last movie, and I honestly like. For me, Barbarella committed the ultimate sin of being boring. Really? See, I just I don't find it boring. Well, I know. It's I know it's going to be shocking to the listeners when Noah and I disagree on a movie. They're going to be like, "What?" <laughs> I just find boring. it. I I would I would argue that it's goofy. That's probably its biggest flaw. It, See, I would argue that some it's not people goofy can't enough. tolerate goofiness. I would argue it's not goofy enough. Like I would argue that it, again, it, it just, it doesn't go full on with the camp. You know, keeping in mind that this was the era of Adam West and Bam Pow Splat. That's how campy you could get away with being at this time, and they just didn't lean into it like that. Well, I mean, if they put a splat graphic up, it'd be kind of weird. <laughs> it would also be a different kind of splat. But, you know. You also, you didn't find it funny when uh, she sleeps with that first guy, and he's been wearing that hideous that fur the, the entire time, yeah, and he takes it off, and his, and his chest is almost as hairy as the first. <laughs> the one joke that got me was that one. I'm like, it, it took me a minute. I'm like, was that on purpose? Or is it just <laughs> trying to do the math in my head of, like, what men looked like back then? And it was just what, they didn't make actors shave their chests back then, and now they do. But I think it was an intentional joke. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have much to say this week. They were just kind of... Yeah. yeah. They were movies. Sure were. <laughs> Beebs. Oh, you know what we forgot to mention? What? That pro- <laughs> Professor Ping. Do you guys know who that was? No. It's familiar now. That's Marcel Marceau. Oh, I saw that he was in the movie, but I didn't... Yeah. Then I remember, as I'm watching the movie, I'm watching for him, and I remembered I don't know what Marcel Marceau looks like. Well, it's funny, because Marcel Marceau talks, and then you're like, who the fuck is that? Was he trying to break into a new career, and this was his first shot? Didn't work out? I have no idea why he was in this movie. Dude, do, do we know what... Here's the weirdest thing about the world, is that we all know who Marcel Marceau is, just instinctively. Why do we know the name of a fucking mime? Well, because he's probably... Th- the most famous mime ever. Still, why do we know the name of a mime? <laughs> like, it's ridiculous that we know the name of a mime. Mm, I bet you know the name of a clown, too. To be fair, I think I know who Marcel Marceau is because Kevin Smith uh, basically this is how I found out. <laughs> referred to him when talking about Silent Bob when I was younger. That's how I found out who Marcel Marceau is as right. well. Back in the 90s when you had to like, it was really hard to find that out too, but it would really yeah. bug you. You'd have to try to find a way to find it out. Who's Marcel Marceau? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That makes sense. I was going to say, another good joke, the password that they say, the, the oh, I can't even say it, LaFerre and Wiggly Piggly, that big long thing. You guys know that's the name of an actual town, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't find that funny. That's hilarious, because it sounds like a ridiculous, long, made-up, stupid thing, and it's a town name. But technically, town names are made up. Well, yeah, but it's it's dumb. 
I, th- I think the whole point isn't that the password's dumb. It's that the actual town name's dumb. Right. Well, I don't know why this would be felt the need to have expense at the hands of those. Uh, have fun at the expense of those town folk, but whatever. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. So, did anybody watch anything last week? <laughs> Brian's like, this is not the segment we're supposed to be in. <laughs> so, like, I got done watching Sorceress and I was like, that was pretty good. So I watched Beastmaster again. Sure. Fair enough. I was actually going to compare how they got their powers when they were kids to the opening of Beastmaster. Right. Uh, We already reviewed Beastmaster on here. It was good. I really wanted to watch Clash of the Titans, but I couldn't find it anywhere for some reason. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. I didn't want to pay for it. I think was the big thing. Uh... And that was it. That's that's all I watch. Really? <sighs> Short ass episode. <laughs> What'd you watch, Doug? I do not have a whole lot, to be honest. But I'll stretch what I do have out so that we're not <laughs> done in four minutes. Um I know we were talking about James Cameron last week, so the next day I'm like Remember when we decided Terminator was his best movie? Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch that. It is still very good, if you guys are wondering. Strong performances, good special effects, good action, simple plot. But, I mean, it's Terminator. Everybody knows it's good. I'm not really blowing anyone's mind. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what the fucked up thing is. Terminator's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, though, I never watch Terminator. I always end up Mm -hmm. watching Terminator 2. Yeah. Terminator 2 is the more like fun movie right that people want to put in for a chuckle the first Terminator is pretty kind of a serious horror sci-fi movie right yeah I was going to say uh, like I love Terminator but yeah I think I haven't watched it in like forever definitely I watched part 2 way more yeah because it's the funny one it's that weird thing where they it's like the, the movies are in completely different genres. Um, yes. So after that, I, again, I don't have a lot. I watched a movie called The Founder. You guys heard of this one? It's about uh, McDonald's. Cole? Yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch it. I've I actually own a digital copy of it. I just haven't actually yeah. watched it. I watched it because of Michael Keaton, and not for any other reason. Yeah. It was just like it's a pretty good reason. I was like, this is about the starting of McDonald's. That does not even sound remotely interesting to me. Michael Keaton's in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is kind of an interesting story because, like, the founder, played by Michael Keaton, is not the guy that started McDonald's or invented any of the systems that made McDonald's successful. No, he's the guy that stole them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... So, and because it's Michael Keaton, you get a, a really solid performance out of this guy. And from my perspective, the movie is really a, just a tale of you know, power corrupting and 
you see this guy that starts out as this like he's selling like milkshake machines I think and he ends up selling some to the guys that actually started McDonald's and he sees this opportunity and he, he jumps on it and at first he's like you know wants to help these guys get rich and he'll get rich in the process as well and what a good idea and eventually he just kind of takes over and screws them over and just kind of becomes this scumbag and I kind of thought that was an interesting character story I have no idea how real it is um, but it, it well, was kind of pretty interesting accurate. to watch well I mean it, it can't be that inaccurate because I know some of the stuff is true factually but as far as how much his personality changed it's probably hard to follow that um, I mean, but yeah. it's still true to this day. McDonald's actually, a lot of people don't know this. They make a ton of money. Basically, they, they're patent trolls. So it's it's something like of food technology patents in the last 50 years. McDonald's owns, I think it's 90%. So 9 out of 10 <laughs> food technology patents are owned by McDonald's. Yeah, which is problematic. It is super weird to me that um, in the movie they keep talking about how the the original guys that started the first McDonald's they did try to franchise, but they they didn't. Uh, the reason they they didn't pursue it further was because they had trouble with quality control, and it's kind of funny to hear that when you're talking about McDonald's, because when this guy took it over, it became not so much about quality control as just making sure all the products are the same, not necessarily making sure they're good, which is kind of funny. But it also worked because, let's face it, when you go to McDonald's, it's because you want it to taste exactly like McDonald's, regardless of the fact that that's not necessarily the best food in the world. Yeah. Right. Their hamburgers don't taste like hamburger. No. No. But you know what they taste like, and when you go there, that's what you're getting. And it doesn't matter if you're down the street from your own house or halfway around the world, you can still walk in and buy one of those hamburgers. I will say a lot of it. Seconds. A lot of it for me is the French fries. Oh, sure. But I mean, the same argument holds up, right? Those they they have their own special flavor, and that's it's going to taste that way anywhere in the world. So, sure. That's that's their business model, and it works. Just people will pay for uh, familiarity, basically. So, anyways, yeah, I. If you just want to watch the performance, I'd recommend that movie. Mm-hmm. As far as the storyline goes, it's not that good, but whatever. It's not really what it's about. It's about the character, not the story. Plus, it's Michael uh, I mean, Yeah. That's enough. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's well done. It's just it doesn't necessarily get deep into kind of the story elements of it. It's kind of some broad strokes because you're following the one guy. Not That's who it's, it's about the guy, not about the restaurant kind of thing so um and the only other thing i watched which i know brian and i are about to have fun talking about this mm-hmm. is uh vfw which is the one we've been waiting for for a while Fuck yeah. about a bunch of old vietnam vets in a bar get attacked by an evil gang and uh there you go my uh, my description of it that i've been using is to say that it's Assault on Precinct 13 meets uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. I'd agree with that. And, I mean, that's that's a pretty fucking awesome thing to say about a movie, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
for people yeah. who haven't seen it, I mean, the plot the plot is literally like it's set in this kind of weird future where there's this like drug that everyone's hooked on, and there's the gangs have gotten so bad that certain parts of town aren't really policed at night anymore, and this girl steals some drugs, runs into a VFW bar where a bunch of old non vets are hanging out, and it literally is the Assault on Precinct 13 or Rio Bravo situation of now they have to all work to try to keep the guys out who are attacking, and that's it. That's yeah, the whole uh, movie. A girl steals something from the gang and runs into the VFW. Yeah. So, of course, they want it, but the, the vets are like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. And what makes this movie so good is the casting right like it's oh yeah i mean if if this wasn't if it wasn't these people i would not have been nearly as excited for this movie yeah and i mean the performances are strong all about i would say like you get exactly what you want from these people you get stephen lang and william sadler and who else fred williamson martin cove martin martin cove is really good in this movie he plays like a scumbag used car dealer that <laughs> thinks he can negotiate his way out of it, and he's solid. But George Went was good. Oh yeah, George Went. Uh, that guy from the Warriors that does the "Hey Warriors, come out and play" thing. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what yeah. the fuck his name was. I don't know. Yeah, David something Patrick or. Yeah, I think there, there's one young soldier that's in the bar as well, mm-hmm. and I suspect that that's uh, Fred Williamson's son because the actor's last name is also Williamson. Right, and I tried to look him up, and he is an actor. He does other stuff, but I couldn't find any mention of Fred Williamson on his. Oh, really? Profile. I was just uh, all all I, all I know is the last name, and I just yeah. I'm like that's enough for me to assume it's true because <laughs> they do get some nice moments together, the two of them as well. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the whole movie is just people screaming and yelling at each other and then some awesome gore there's two or three times in the movie where i like stood up and did a slow clap while i was alone at home watching it it's like because there was the a-team moment where they're like we're out of weapons what are we gonna do i know let's build new weapons out of all the stuff we can find around the bar <laughs> and just, it's literally like them emptying stuff onto a, like a pool table and like dividing it up and figuring out how to make weapons out of it and i'm pretty sure the a-team music was playing in the background <laughs> but it might have just been in my head i'm not sure <laughs> I, I fucking loved that moment and then the other one is when uh William Sadler's character picks up that giant saw that the gang was using to cut their way through the door. I don't know what those saws are called, but you always see them in movies. They use them to cut their way through doors that are uh, barricaded shut. He picks that up and he gets that smile on his face and starts hacking up gang members with it. It was so fun. Yeah, it's so good. So, yeah, so this drug basically just turns people into like fucking crazy people. And after this girl steals some of it, the the leader basically tells, like, anybody who will listen in, like, you know, a mile radius, hey, whoever whoever gets all that stuff back will get, like, you know, free hits for life or whatever. And so this is, like, fucking swarming this VFW hall trying to break their way in. Yep. Uh, it's so good. It was just—it was just so fun to watch. Just so much blood and guts, and just those those cheesy moments where they're like, 
you know, like the old guy's about to die, but he gets one last shot off first and all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, lots of people using an axe to cut up other people. Yeah, lots of that. Fucking awesome. Just really good practical effects, I think, of just blood spraying everywhere. Yeah. I thought they did a really... The, the movie was shot really well too where when they have the like more serious moments where it's all tense in between the violence they really hold the camera steady and calm and then as soon as the violence kicks in it starts doing like the hard cuts and stuff which I think serves two purposes one is it makes these old guys look like they can fight because I don't think they can anymore but then it also just it adds this, like kinetic energy to those fight scenes and then calms it right back down the way it just sort of stops when they're done I thought that was really well done yeah yeah pretty much pretty much what I expected from the movie is exactly yeah. what I got out of it so I'll I was so take, it a, take it a step further and say yeah like what I was hoping for from the movie is what I got out of it because yeah. I was worried they were the violence would not be as intense as what we got. I was worried that they'd like save it all for the end or something, but it's like, nah, right up front. Fucking Norm from Cheers getting his head chopped off part way through the beginning of the movie. And you're like, I see what you're doing there. Good for you guys. Yeah, and then, uh, what's that dude, David Patrick Kelly or whatever, just total, total ax right into the shoulder. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> this stuff looked awesome. Yeah. It, it's like it's. It had to look that good in order for this not to be a dumb movie. Because, I mean, we've we've discussed the plot, so it has to look that good. But it does, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Big recommend for me. If you get a chance to see VFW, definitely take yeah. it. It's out there now, available rent everywhere. The rent movies. So. People should watch it for sure. You've been paying attention to this one, Noah. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'll probably check it out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you will love it, so. Right, right. It's right up my alley. I just gotta, with with the uber-violent movies, I gotta find a night when Char's distracted with something. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, that is it for me. All right, let's see. What do I got? Uh, so I went and hung out with my friend Tony this weekend, and he was having people over to watch movies. So luckily we watched a bunch of shit. Uh, first thing we watched was My Bloody Valentine, and I watched the new Scream Factory uh, restoration cut of it. And yeah. uh, this one, okay, they put out a previous release had a bunch of the gore that was taken out put back in but they couldn't find a very good um, source for all that stuff because they thought it had been lost so I think some of the stuff was maybe like uh, VHS uh, like dailies or whatever so it would cut to like a gore scene that was taken out and it would look really shitty so it's like pretty much like this is the only way you're going to get to see it unfortunately but apparently a really good uh, uh, actual like roll of film that had all the gore stuff in it was found and it was completely restored along with the rest of the movie so it fits in like seamlessly and uh, it was fantastic looking like, it looks nice and crisp and uh, <laughs> the big first scene that you first find out like oh shit this this did have a lot of gore in it 
is when he finds the lady in the uh, the dryer in the laundromat. And I think in the original cut, he just sort of opens the door and it's like, oh my god. And then they just kind of move on. But uh, this one, he opens the door, the body falls like halfway out, and then the dryer just keeps going. So this body, like this roasted corpse of this lady, is just like rotating and flailing all around as the dryer's still going. Oh, fuck. I and I'm see. just like, this is fucking awesome. So, yeah. So, uh, all the all the stuff they put back in was so, like, looked really good, and it made me super happy that I picked this up. So, if anybody gets a chance, I would say it's definitely a must-buy if you're a big fan of um, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, so then... Sort of like we're drawing movies out of a bowl to see what we'd watch next. And every, that sounds right. Everybody would like draw, and then we would vote from what everybody drew. And uh, I was able to convince everybody that uh, we needed to watch Ticks because the other choices were kind of terrible. And I'm like, no, no, Ticks is where it's at. So we watched Ticks. I enjoyed it like I usually do. Uh, everybody else did not have as good of a time as I did, but I don't care. I was laughing the whole time. It's like, come on, Carlton thinks he's like a thug in L.A. This is great. Nobody <laughs> nobody found the humor in it like I did, so I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, Seth Green, Alfonso Ribeiro, and a bunch of kids have to go in the wilderness to find themselves through some inner city program. But it turns out Clint Howard has been growing... <laughs> growing weed with the steroid shit that apparently gets on some some egg sacs with some ticks in them and then they grow to enormous size and they all take over the woods and start killing people so good so fantastic just just in case you guys missed that alfonso rivera and clint howard yeah in a movie together <laughs> with seth green and uh the other guy from Bosom Buddies who did not go on to be Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> so worth it. I used to, that used to be on like Showtime or something back in the day all the time. So I would watch the shit out of that movie. Uh, so happy. Uh, then after that, we watched a newer movie called Satanic Panic, which has been kind of getting a a little bit of buzz, I guess, throughout the indie yeah. horror movie community. Uh, it's pretty terrible. I don't know why this has been getting so much buzz. Because the title makes it sound really good. Yeah. So this girl's delivering pizzas to make money. She delivers to this super rich house. And turns out uh, it is for a group of Satanists who are trying to finish a ritual um, that will bring forth the devil, I think. Something to do with Satan. Sure. And uh, they need a virgin, and it turns out she's a virgin, so they decide they're going to sacrifice her, and she fights her way out of it. Um, it's more of like a horror comedy. Maybe that's the big problem, because it really wasn't all that funny. And the two big stars is Rebecca Romaine and Jerry O'Connell. So, yeah. Not good. I give it one and a half stars. Oh, that's not good at all. No. That's unfortunate because the title makes it seem like a good idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the thing is, like a guy that I'm friends with, uh, like he's a screenwriter in L.A. And like, you know, we chat and stuff all the time. But I mean, you know, he's not like my best friend or anything. But uh, I'm sure he's listening to this and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> not really. Dick. Uh, but his girlfriend directed it, so I was kind of excited because I'm like, oh, it's getting all this buzz, and you know, I like to support a guy and his uh, his family and stuff. So I gave it a watch, really excited, and it was not good. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, and then the next day, we decided we needed to watch something we knew was good, since we couldn't agree on ticks and Titanic Panic was horrible. And someone said, hey, you know what? I haven't watched it in a while. Seven. Okay. And so we're like, all right, well, let's put that on. And, uh, yeah, that movie's still super fucking awesome. Oh, seven holds up. That's good to know. Yeah. I was, I was uh, on the on the shelf on that one. I wasn't sure what to think about it. So Yeah, still really good. Yeah. Still, I mean, nah. the, write, the writing in it's so solid. It still looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Fincher's a god, man. He's so yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah, still, uh, you know, still just grossed out by a lot of shit. Like the guy yeah. in the bed is still one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And ugh, yeah, guy the, a, yeah, the guy in the bed movie. was just flat out disgusting to look at. Yeah. So still good. Still fantastic. Uh, I mean, I guess if you haven't seen seven, high recommend. Yeah. It'll show you like, oh shit, that's right. Brad Pitt is a fantastic actor. Like that's kind of the one of the movies that like showed everybody that kind of a reminder that he was a really good actor and not just a pretty face. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely worth a watch. Uh, and since uh, you were talking about McDonald's earlier, I will mention uh, we've been watching McMillions, which is a documentary series about how the Monopoly oh. uh, game yeah. uh, was rigged by the mob. Yeah. Is that a good series? I've been meaning to watch that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're only two episodes in. There's only been three so far. Like, that was the, oh, shit, there's three minutes left in this documentary, and i got to run downstairs and record. Okay. So, <laughs> that's what happened for me. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, uh, you know, each episode, it seems like it ends, and it's like, oh, shit, we're about to find out some big information. And then it's like, ah, next episode. God damn it. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating how deep and how far this thing was rigged and stuff and how yeah. it technically wasn't just the McDonald's one either. Apparently there was oh, really? there was things about uh, the uh, who wants to be a millionaire game for McDonald's also being rigged. So, yeah, it kind of came down to like one guy that had really access to everything in the plant or whatever, right? That could help rig it. Uh, that's, I mean, yeah, we're finding that, but then there's a lot of like connections to the mob that basically made this a much bigger thing. Yeah. than like anybody had any, had any, uh, had any hopes that it would be. Yeah, Cause I read up the one guy just got out of jail like last year, I think. And I oh, yeah. read up on it when he got out. It was like, I read up on that. It's yeah. I don't know if you got to this part, but it's like, literally it was like a huge headline, but it was a huge headline on like September 10th of 2001. And oh, 
kind of got buried the next day. Yeah. Like, just, it's just like people forgot that it happened because obviously there was much bigger stories to worry about than a, mm-hmm. a rigged fast food game. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been so good so far. So, uh, I'm excited to see how the rest of the series plays out. Cause part of me is just like, I don't know how, like, how can this, how can this be multiple episodes and, be compelling for like this but yeah two episodes in i'm like holy shit i figured you know after the end of the first episode i'm like well that's crazy can't get much crazier than this and then the next episode i'm like are you fucking kidding me so yeah so super fascinating there's an fbi agent uh doug matthews who is i don't know i want him to be my best friend but i would probably hate him if he was my best friend but the way he's just talking about this stuff, I'm just like, oh my god, this guy's fucking awesome and hilarious. So, McMillions, if you get a chance. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, Doug. What are we watching next week? Oh, yeah, right. That's my choice, isn't it? <laughs> um, let's do some uh, Disney Nightmare Fuel. Oh, so yeah. we'll watch uh, Return to Oz, which gave every little kid nightmares in the 80s, and The Black Hole, which is supposed to be just horrific, which I've never seen. I've never seen The Black Hole either. Yeah, apparently it's, well, what, it, I mean, we'll see, we'll be able to discuss it next week, but people were pretty upset by it when it came out because it was supposed to be a Disney movie, and then it, little, uh, a little rough for the kids, I guess, but yeah, and we'll definitely get into it more. But Return to Oz was definitely that way for me. Oh yeah, like, like I remember seeing Return to Oz in theaters and like being a horror movie fan already at the, at that age when it came out. I was like not that bothered by it, but I think my grandmother took me and she was like <laughs> mortified. I just remember I remember the wheelies scaring the shit out of yeah. us for some reason. Yeah. They should. We'll see. Yeah, we watched it like maybe five, six years ago. Okay. And I was just like, holy shit, this is still like terrifying. Like, what the fuck? That's awesome. The fucking lady that can change her heads and shit? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember that part, but now I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and uh, young Feruza Balk as is, is, uh, Dorothy. So, yeah. Somebody who just shouldn't be in a kids movie made by Disney. It's just, no. I'm sorry, she just that shouldn't be on her resume. <laughs> I respect her as an actress. I just don't think she belongs in this particular subgenre. Like, no, she was never a sweet child. She was always that witch from the craft and yep. evil, lady, evil girl from uh, the Waterboy. Come on. Exactly. Waterboy were at least saying, like, we're like she's evil, but she's also kind of the hero of the movie because she helps Bobby Boucher come out of his shell, yeah. and she shows him her boobies, and he likes that. It's the weirdest thing. I th- I think we uh, brought this up the last time we talked about her, but for some reason I was convinced she died. Well, back. This seems right. It seems right that she's dead. No, it seems right that uh, Noah would think she's dead, but now that you yeah. mention it. It does seem right. Like, she should have been like, oh, yeah. A couple years after the craft, she went off the deep end. Fucking OD'd on something. Or... Hey, 
Hey man, she parlayed that fame from the craft into that sweet role in Island of Dr. Burrow. Well, yeah. Well, we were. T- I was talking with somebody a long. I swear to God, I was talking to somebody a long time ago about her, and I was like, "When was the last time she was in something?" Because she was in a bunch of movies like right together, like right near two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember the last time I fucking saw her, and they were, and I could have sworn somebody was like, "Oh no, she died." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, that makes sense then." Yeah, she was on Ray Donovan just a couple years ago. There you go. She played a former prostitute. <laughs> and she also looked very emaciated, and I was very concerned for her at the time. So That's not good. No. I was like, damn it, girl, eat a fucking cheeseburger. How do you spell Feruza? I'm trying to like look her up on IMDb. And... It is spelled F-A-I-R-U-Z-A. I'm currently looking her up because now I'm super curious. I'm like, I'm confident she's not dead, but I don't know if she's acted much either. So it's it's a Z, a Z, you Canadian bastard. Oh my god, I'm after. What did I actually say? Seven episodes on Ray Donovan. Yeah, she's still working. Like she's got she had a movie come out in 2018. She plays visitor in it. I don't know if that's a compliment. That doesn't sound like the kind of. <laughs> well, she's got episodes of Paradise City coming up. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't either, but, you know. Oh, she was in uh, the Bad Lieutenant sequel with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I'm sure she was. And somehow that movie is 11 years old, and I feel like it came out like two years ago. It's Nick Cage. His movies are kind of just always coming out. They're just... (laughs) (laughs) He's got that IRS to pay. But it's, it's one of those weird things where his movies feel like they're... They're timeless, even though I don't watch them. So I know, <laughs> but they, they, there's just they come out, and you're just like they're, they're timeless, and they they exist in that space where they don't exist. Exactly, Schrodinger's cage, or whatever you want to call it. I feel like he's going to end up like David Bowie. Like he's well, gonna... okay. You're going to upset a lot of the audience by saying that. no, no, no. Hold on, let me explain. So, like when David Bowie died. It's like, oh, man, that sucks. And David Bowie kept putting music out, like, all the goddamn time. But, oh, you know, okay. I wasn't listening to it. But it's like, you know, oh, we're going to live in a world where new David Bowie music isn't going to come out. That's fucked up. So when Nicolas Cage dies, it's going to be like, well, it'll be like three more years because it'll have banked so many direct-to-video movies. Yeah. And then it'll be like, oh, there's no more Nicolas Cage movies, like, just coming out, like, every day of the year. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a sad world. Yeah, it's going to be a weird thing when you can flip in Netflix and it doesn't recommend you seven Nick Cage movies. <laughs> He's up to 104 acting roles now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, a website, or a podcast I listen to called F This Movie just did a... Uh, what they call they call like a face off and they usually compare two actors movies against each other but they decided to do a literal face off and they they had Nicolas Cage direct to video movies against John Travolta direct to video movies and they were just like talking about all these Nicolas Cage movies I'm like I've never even heard I'll, of that movie I'll tell you what you know what the fucked up thing is given the choice between those two things I actually think Nick Cage's direct-to-video movies are better than John Travolta's direct-to-video movies. 
in the interest of fairness, Nick Cage did put out six direct-to-video movies in 2019. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, John Travolta is a good actor, but his, like, I don't know, he he does really good in big-budget Hollywood movies, and you yeah. put him in a smaller movie, and it sucks. Well, I think because the big-budget Hollywood movies put him in roles that he can handle, and he goes and he does... The, lower movies because they'll let him do whatever he wants and he shouldn't be allowed to do that because like many artists they don't know their own limits well they were trying they were just which go check out f this movie by the way uh but they were discussing like why they seem to have turned to direct video movies and what they came up with was well they probably like being like the star of the movie it's like we could go do these little parts in these movies, or we go do these like direct to video movies where we're like the main the main attraction. Well, I think that's part of it, but I think I think a big part of it is that like Hollywood's not going to pay you to do something different than what you're known for doing. Oh, sure, sure. So you you go to these little indie film directors who will gladly put you in their movie at a, at a cheap rate just because it'll help them sell their movie, and you mm. can pick whatever role you want. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's it's pretty much, yeah, the same idea. It's just they get to be a big deal in this movie rather than being a little bit of a deal in another movie. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's fascinating to, to listen to. I listened to them discuss five movies a piece, and the Nicolas Cage ones actually sounded way better than the John Travolta ones. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't plan to watch. A lot of Nick Cage or John Travolta movies next year. So, oh, poor Nick Cage. He's got to pay the IRS. You should, you should just help him out. Just, yeah. put, just click on one and just let it run while you're like doing uh, chores or something. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> Fucking not my fault. I bought twelve castles and a dinosaur head. I didn't make him do that. But uh, are you not going to buy twelve castles and a dinosaur head? Come on. I will not unless I can afford to do that and pay my taxes. Yeah, but you have you pay someone else to pay your taxes and that's where that's where the problem started. Yeah, sure it is. I know Noah would buy twelve castles in a dinosaur head. No. In a minute. <laughs> I would kill I would kill for one castle. <laughs> I didn't say kill, I just said buy. You're taking this to a whole other level. I would I would sacrifice someone's children. <laughs> Just make sure you do it with a gun because that makes it legal in your country, right? Right. Yeah. I'm telling you, it is my my greatest dream. If I was an eccentric billionaire and I could do whatever I want, I would build a house that was a castle, and that castle would have a tower, and on top of that tower would be a catapult that I could load up with water balloons and shit and fire at my neighbors. <laughs> Something tells me you and I have a lot of neighbors. I would not. And thus I would claim their land and expand my empire. <laughs> and that's where the 12, 12 castles would come in. You can have 12 castles, you know, all in a row. <laughs> that's starting to seem ridiculous. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. 
please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.